Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Vit Friends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your guest. I mean, I'm your host. I'm not your guest. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Vit Friends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Molyneux. For more information about vitiligo, Vit Friends, our support groups, our support community, uh, ways you can donate or get involved, please visit www.vitfriends.org. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at support at vitfriends.org. While I'm waiting for my guests to arrive, I'm going to go ahead and go through a few announcements about some of our programs that are coming up with VitFriends. So within the VitFriends community, we have started classes. Our first class will be April 3rd, and that is with Maria Cruz from Puerto Rico, and she'll be teaching us some basic Spanish lessons, and it's April 3rd at 2 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time, then we'll also have other classes such as cooking, um, painting, health 101, we're going to do wine 101, and other languages. So please feel free to visit our VitFriends page and get involved with our classes, and those classes are $25 um, for the entire session, so it's not very expensive. So please consider joining our classes. Also, as you visit our uh, community, please reach out uh, through Smiles, which is the Amazon program, we have publications of books, and anytime you purchase anything from our Smiles program, uh, we get a donation that is given to us through Amazon. And also, we have other events that are coming up. On March 14th, on my podcast, I will have Justin Hall at 2 o'clock p.m., and then on March 28th, I will have Lawrence Wingate at 2 o'clock p.m., then we have a special Zoom event, which would be Meet the Board, and that will give our members an opportunity to meet the VitFriends board and have a conversation with us. And, and it's a fun conversation. Um, we like to laugh and joke and, you know, be a little silly and, and kind of let our hair down a little bit because we know in this time of 2020, 2021, you know, things are very challenging for all of us, and we feel like laughter is a great way to get us uh, moving, to get us, you know, it's, it's healthy. You know, and laughter is very important for all of us. So please consider joining us there. We'll have more information posted on the Vet Friends Facebook um, page as well. And then we have a very, very important meeting coming up on March 8th with the FDA. They're doing a public meeting in which we will have patient-focused um, drug development for vitiligo. So, as of right now, we have over 900 people scheduled uh, to attend this event. We all have panelists in which we can share our vitiligo stories to um, doctors, insurance companies, um, researchers, you know, and, and, and it's important for them to hear our story, to know what we go through as people living with vitiligo and the challenges that uh, surround our condition. But those are some of the events and some of the things that are happening within our vitiligo community. And also, if you visit VitFriends, we have other groups, not just for our adults. We have our Pen Pal Patch for our kids, and we also have our Purple Patch Teens program, which is very, very important for our youth. So please, if you have a teen or an older teen that needs a support group, visit our Facebook page and also have them join the Purple Patch program. It's very important for all of us to get involved and to support each other as a community. 
And I think that's all the announcements I have right now. Um, however, let me go ahead and give out the guest call-in number. So if anybody would like to call in to talk to us once my guest arrives, then we can go from there. Um, the number, the guest call-in number is 516-666-9973. That, again, that is 516-666-9973. And a couple of things that I, I want to talk about as I wait for my guests to arrive, as we uh, navigate through a continued pandemic, sometimes we will have guests that will call in from their homes or whatever they're doing in their personal lives. So you might get kids in the background or if somebody else is in the household cooking or talking. Those things will happen, or if somebody's going to or from work. Um, those things will happen. It's natural. Uh, we are living in a unique time. No one's in the studio. Everybody's pretty much at home. There may be a few people in our home studios. Um, and also, when we share the guest calling number, sometimes we will get calls from unique people. Um, if you listen to our February 14th podcast, we had a gentleman call in that um, – I don't know what his motive was, but I think it was kind of the thrill, um, throw us off a bit, which it didn't. Um, but I, I feel like when people call in to, I guess, disrupt your show, it's not about how they react to you, it's how you react to them. And I think that's important um, that we are mindful how we react to others. And, and continue to move on with your podcast because these things will happen. Now, if anyone, while we're still waiting for our guests, if we have any, anyone out there who would like to call in and just to have a conversation until he arrives, um, the number again is 516-666-9973. Just to let our guests know, we are on, I am on Eastern Standard Time, so that could sometimes throw off um, when guests call in or when other people call in. I'm on Eastern Standard Time. And, and while we're waiting... And I don't mind talking uh, about vitiligo and some of the challenges that go along with vitiligo. Um, for some of our listeners, if you're not familiar with vitiligo, uh, it, is, it is a skin condition that affects the pigment of our skin. And so vitiligo is different for every person. Every person that has it, um, it is not always the same. It doesn't look the same. You can't look at – you can look at 10 different people – but every person will have a different type of vitiligo, uh, whether they have lost all pigmentation, some, um, or spotted. Um, and there are some that are focal that it will only be in certain spots on the body, and we can't always see their, those spots. Um, but I still say it affects all of us the same, where it, it, can, it, can, it can really make us um, – introverted to a certain extent, and it doesn't affect everybody. There's some people who, who are highly confident in themselves and um, not introverted at all, but there are some of us, it makes you, I've, I want to use the term um, a hermit to a certain extent. I, I put that on myself. It made me almost become a hermit because I didn't want to go outside. I did not want to go to the beach, the park. I didn't want to wear shorts. I did, certain things I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be in big social groups. And I wasn't always like that. I've always been introverted. However, I will still be social, but having vitiligo and seeing it develop, it kind of made me want to stay in the house more often. Now, 
once again, everybody's vitiligo is different. Um, and I've had people question just by looking at my regular pictures, you know, if I've had, if I even have vitiligo, and I'm like, yes, I do. It is on my face, but you can't see it because of my facial hair. And I've mentioned that in other podcasts. However, it is spotted all across my body. And with that, the part of vitiligo that most people don't think about is the emotional impact. Uh, we see the physical impact. We see the physical change. But it's that emotional impact that people go through, um, whether it's mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, it, it happens. Um, and I'm speaking from a man's point of view. Sometimes as, as a man, we will um, say, I'm okay, you know, and deep down inside, we're not. Because emotionally, you know, no one can see what you're dealing with inside. They see what's happening to you on the outside. On the outside, we look okay. You know, we can smile. We can laugh. Um, we can joke with people. But when we get in our cars and go home or whether it's from work or from a social setting, it's a different story. Behind closed doors, it's a different story because you're constantly watching yourself evolve and there's nothing you can do about it. Of course, we know we evolve through getting old, aging. That's natural. But when you see spots forming on your body, on your skin, it, it does something to your um, emotionally and mentally. Um, and that's where we have to be very aware of how we treat each other in our community and how we treat others outside of it and how they treat us. Because um, I feel like it is a thin line for some of us, you know, um, in, in dealing with our condition and handling our condition. Um, some people say it's it doesn't bother them. And I've addressed that before. I said, I understand that it doesn't bother you. However, if you're not the person living with the condition, of course it's not going to bother you, but you have to take into consideration the person who's living with that condition, you know, and how does it truly affect them. And and I feel like for some of us, um, in our, some of our interactions, it will comfort us if maybe family members, spouses, or coworkers – just take the time to ask, hey, can you tell me a little bit about your condition? You know, um, how does your vitiligo affect you? Um, I think those those conversations are very important. I was just talking to one of our members the other day, and we agreed, have that conversation. And I would say within my own experience, um, very rarely have I had a family member ask me, how does my vitiligo affect my daily movement? How does it affect me, you know? Because um, I could seem okay today, but tomorrow I might not be okay. So it all depends on the individual. And I, and I think it's important for all of us, uh, men and women, with our condition to have a strong support system, uh, whether it's family members, whether it's friends, whether it's a spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever. It's important to have that person understand what you could be going through um, on a daily basis. And it's important for that person you're with to accept those changes. Uh, and, and I know it's not always easy to see you, you know, you're happy one minute, maybe the next day you're down or the next minute you're down. Um, 
And, you know, sometimes getting ready for a function and you're feeling good, you're looking good, but then you look in the mirror and you see your spots and you're going, wow, I wish this was gone. Not everybody understands that. That, that concept, then not everybody understands, you know, that's what's going through your mind. And I've been there where I have a suit. I'm looking great. At least, you know, I feel like I'm looking great. But then I look in the mirror, and it's a reminder of your skin. And then I kind of want to – I don't, really don't want to go. And I think that's hard on the other person as well because they don't understand, wow, we were just excited about going to this event. Now you don't want to go. Why? And I feel like having that conversation is important. Uh, We have to be able to open up to each other to share, hey, this is my struggle. This is what I'm going through. And when we're able to do that, it'll be easier for us to communicate and and talk to each other. But I do have, I want to say this is my guest on the line. So thank you for listening. Let me bring my guest on board. Greetings, greetings. This is Mark. Hey, Mark, I apologize. I thought we agreed on Central Standard Time. My apologies. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're always Eastern. But you know what, Ben? It is cool. You're here. And I, I'm good thing. I like to talk. So, And I know my listeners like, this oh, guy okay. is still talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's all good. No worries. And I was just saying that um, to, the, to the listeners, too, that um, it, it, sometimes it's hard to match, you know, we're all on different time zones. And I didn't think about that either. Um, but that's all right. We're, we're here. We're going to continue our conversation. So I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everybody where you're from. Hello, everyone. My name is um, Benjamin Brown. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm 41 years old, father of four, and, yeah, loving life. Awesome, awesome. Hey, living life and love, that's what this, this podcast is all about. So let's start um, – Let's talk about your vitiligo. When did it start and what was the effect on you? Sure, no problem. Okay, um, my vitiligo started when I was 35, about six years ago. Um, It started around my nose and my mouth. And at first, um, the initial response was a, a little bit of shock and relief. I was shocked that I had a disease that was uncurable, but I was relieved that it wasn't any more harmful than just um, an autoimmune disorder that just appears on your skin. So I I didn't panic right away, but in the weeks and months to come, it did manifest into a huge um, insecurity, and I did go into the, um, the, the deeper part of depression, the most depression I've ever experienced in my life. Right. Let me cut in real quick, Um, because I I talked earlier about going through the emotional part. Depression depression is real. Um, And I'm glad you're saying it, because I want our listeners to know men get depressed, but we always say, I'm good. I was one of those dudes. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, I find that difficult too in our community. When, as a man, when I'm when I do express the times that I'm down, and I do express the times that I don't feel handsome or I don't feel like I'm okay with my vitiligo, I get a lot of backlash. I'll be honest with you, I get a lot of backlash from men and women because I I, I think as a leader, 
I'm expected to show the uh, strong side, and I'm not always strong. Right. So I I, I kind of find that strange in our in our community that um, you're not allowed to, as a man, or I don't know, as a woman, you're not allowed to express your weaknesses in vitiligo, or it's not celebrated as much. Right. <clears throat> and you know, I see that as a strength when you can admit that you're not always strong. That to me, that's more mm-hmm. strength than that than always saying, nah, "I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong." No, a good leader will admit when they have flaws, they have, you know, challenges, they have things that hold them back, because that helps bring others to you, you know. And um, and I'm glad you you admitted it. You know, we we all have to admit when we have these things going on with us. Let me let me rephrase what I said. Okay, when I first came into the the uh, vitiligo community, they did uh-huh. they 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 did support me when I when I when I was you know speaking of my struggles and speaking of my the times where I um, you know had struggles going somewhere or doing something that I did I did get one hundred percent support from the community. But I think there was a point where they were like, okay, time to grow up, and it was kind of like the support right. just kind of dwindled a little bit because I think. They have in their mind a timeline as to when you're supposed to um, right. be better. Mm-hmm. Right. I, you know, I um, always had this thought about when we deal with people. I say some people will pull us to where they think we need to go. And once mm-hmm. they pull us there, they'll let go. But yeah, some people that will push mm-hmm. us. And they'll push us over an edge because they feel like that's where we need to go. But you got to have people that are going to walk with you through it, you know. And I and I feel like I, I'll be one of those people. I'll never forget the struggle. I don't care if I become the spokesperson for vitiligo across the entire planet. I will never forget the hard times. So I'll definitely right, be one right. of those people. And then let me say this uh, for our listeners. Um, no matter how much vitiligo you have or how little you have, the challenges are real. The challenges are there, whether it's, you know, whether it comes through anxiety or depression. doesn't matter how little or how much. We still deal with it. Uh, that's facts, 100%. <laughs> yeah. We it, all deal it's, with it. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but that was important what you said about the community. Um we put a timeline on each other when you should be healed. There's no timeline. Yeah. There's no timeline. I mean, Absolutely. The work, you put in, the work you put into it will definitely help you as a person. So if it's something that you, you intentionally meditate and pray on and read books and talk to people, your healing will definitely come faster, but there's still no timeline on when that will be. But if you just sit right, back right. and just, you know, sit in the depression, it's going to be a long road. Right. So how did you how did you come out of that depression? What did you do that, that helped you get there to get out of it? Well, <clears throat> one thing I didn't do, it was just the, by the grace of God, I actually met my wife um, six months into my journey. I literally okay. met <clears throat> the person who – kind of um, had my back. Um, right. hey, I remember my eyelashes. I'm sorry, go hey, ahead. Ben, do me a favor. 
Hold that to the end. We're gonna come back to that love stuff in the end because I'm gonna right, dig into that. Bet, bet. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to that because I think that's very important for our community to hear those important love stories. Uh, so we're gonna okay. pause that part. Um, that is important okay. now. Um, how how what was your relationship like with family, friends, colleagues, and coworkers? <clears throat> um. It was a mixed bag. I didn't necessarily feel like I got the support from my family. To understand a little bit about me, I come from a very um, religious background. Um, my brother's a pastor of a church. My dad's a, a minister. Um, you know, we are we were raised in the church. So my family right. didn't understand it. They're like, "Where did you get this?" You know, kind of like, well, "How did you get this?" And I was like, it's an autoimmune disorder. They were like, well, no one else in our family has this. I, you know, so it was kind of like uh, sitting back trying to figure it out type of deal. Um, my coworkers, <clears throat> a lot of them took it in stride. I work in, I did work in IT for 12 years. So, um, you know, a lot of them sat back and didn't say anything. And there was one or two people who had some, uh, one, one guy told me, man, what is that on your face? And I was like, it's an autoimmune right. disorder called vitiligo. And I was like, I might, you know, turn all white one day. You know, just trying to make light of it, trying to be, right. trying not to be dark about it. And he said, right. man, I don't want to see that shit. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. When wow. he said that, I was like, okay, here we go. Okay. Right. So I was like, well, turn, I was like, well, turn the other way then. Because I don't want to look yeah. at you either. But it, it was one of those things. And um, I did have, um, I did have, was it seven or eight police show up at my desk one day, and they said that um, someone reported that someone came in the building with a ski mask and they got out of my car because the cameras, you know, saw what car. And they said someone came in the building with a ski mask, and and that was when I had two white patches around my eye, or a patch around each eye and a patch around right. my mouth, and and um, that was super embarrassing. And then you know, you know, I could tell you a hundred stories like that, but you know, um, right? You just got to deal with it. You know, you're right. either going to run and hide, or you're going to deal with it. So you, those are your right. choices. And some people don't understand the psychological aspect of having vitiligo. You know, it, it like you said, the, um, about the ski mask. You know, people don't realize how that affects you. You know, after the fact, the police show up and you're sitting at work doing your job. You know. And somebody thinks something else, or like I said, with the comment the guy made, you know, about your about your your face and about your vitiligo, and you know, and I've been there before when somebody made a comment, uh, "What's wrong with your mouth?" Because I have it around my mouth too, and I'm like, mm-hmm. my, and I found myself, and I don't know if you've experienced this, um, angry at the world, everybody, you know, became no, Mark, I at? deliberately, I deliberately shut anger down because wow. I. I used to be the type of person, if you did something disrespectful to me, I would come at you. And I knew that if if I took that approach, I would not be right. in the free world. So I immediately right. shut the anger down. Like, I had to, because I knew people were going to come at me, and I was not going to be able to say anything or do anything. But, um, right. yeah, luckily I've never had to um, verbally or get into any type of altercation over vitiligo. I came close one time, but it was just some, some intense right. hearing, but that was about it. Okay, cool. 
Now, once <laughs> but go ahead. Tell me about yours, though. Tell me. You said you had the anger at the world. Tell me about yours. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I just, I think the one thing that, that always set me off is when somebody would say, it doesn't bother me. That always bothered me because I'm thinking you're not the one living mm. with my condition. You're not the one getting the stares and the comments and, and Michael Jackson and all, you know, you're not the one that mm. when you go to shake somebody's hand, you can feel that they really don't want to touch you. And then um, mm. I'm going to say I'm on the on the frat side of things, I'm a fraternity guy, you know, Phi Beta Sigma. And, you know, you go to give my brother the grip and, you know, he kind of hesitant, like if you don't know me and they look like, Ugh, what's wrong with this dude, you know? So it, it, it did start making me feel a little resentful towards people and a little angry. And I remember in uh, one relationship I had, you know, I always wore these <clears> big <throat> sweaters because I could hide my hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I can laugh at it now, but she used to clown me all the time to my, me and my Mr. Rogers sweaters and blah, blah, blah. And I was <laughs> angry because I'm going, mm-hmm. you don't understand why I'm wearing the sweaters. I'm trying to hide my bit of LIGO until we actually had it out one day. Like um, if the verbals were going and, and I think for her, she realized, oh, this is something serious, but I shouldn't have to verbally argue with you and cuss and fuss to get my point across, you know, that I'm dealing with something internally. I'm dealing with something emotionally. And, you know, and I realized, you know what, being mad at people is not worth it. It is not. Um, I feel like people, I feel like this now. I didn't feel like that then. And that was only back Mm -hmm. in 2018. 2019, I completely went into it with a different mindset. I said, this is my vitiligo. It's going to have to live with me. And that means that mm-hmm. if somebody wants to get to know me, they got to get to know me. Yeah, I have vitiligo, so what? Talk to me. Find out who I am inside. What's my heart like? You know, what's my mind like? You know. Um. So yeah. So I, yeah, I finally put the anger aside. But for a minute, yeah, it, it was. It, I was very choppy, very snappy at people. Um. And it depends on how you. And it depends on how you came at me. I came at you the same way. You know. And that's not all. Well, I'm glad you were. I'm glad you were able to get that under control because it, it, it's easy to do you know some days yeah, we feel yeah. <clears throat> more strong than we do and some days we're not in the mood for the bs and it's Absolutely. important that we get our get our anger under control so we don't put ourselves in a position where we do something we regret yeah right and, and you know i start laughing because um i started wearing shorts again back in 2019 so for a minute for about a long time. Congratulations, man. I, I feel yeah. you on what you just said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wear my no, because I'm not there I, yet, I so I feel you. That's a that's yeah. a good milestone. Look, it, I had to push myself. I really, I, I had to push myself. Um, but I I went <clears> to the neighboring um, city, which is Cary, and Cary is kind of a a, a unique place. Um, they look at you anyway, whether you got vitiligo or not. Uh, look you look at you sideways. So gotcha. I'm in Target. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm standing there, and I could I could feel this guy just staring at my my legs. You know how you can just mm-hmm. sense it. So I just turned around, looked at him. Yeah. You know, like I didn't say anything. I just gave him a look. He looked down. I'm like, I'm just <clears> thinking, look, if you want to look, look. If you got something to say, say it. I don't mind talking to you. I'll educate you right here. But I'm like, what is wrong with these people? And I'm walking through like whatever. You know, I don't know if y'all ever. I think it was was a um. Richard Pryor and Gene Simmons, and he walking through like I'm bad, I'm bad. That was my walk. Yeah, the, the, through that the, Target, the, the big guy walk. Yeah, I know what you're talking. <laughs> yeah, that was my walk through Target. Like I didn't care, and 
I, I did the jerk move. I was walking in, and and there was a sister walking in, an older lady, and she looked at my legs and frowned. <laughs> mm. I didn't say anything. I looked at her. I gave her the same frown, <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with these people, man? You know, this is not your skin. It's my skin, my legs. You ain't got to like it. Um, but, yeah. but Ben, it took me a long time to accept that. Just to be honest. It took me a long time to get there. Um, you know, I work with kids and then like during the summer, I work at summer camp and I would wear jeans burning up hundred mm-hmm. degrees. I got on jeans, burning up. you know? <laughs> yeah. But I, and I, in 2019, I said, I can't do this anymore. Cause I, I stopped going to the beach. I stopped going to the pool. I stopped all these things. I was like, nah, I can't do that anymore. It's too hot for that. You know, hundred degrees. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dressed like, I had a suit of armor on, no. Um, and I'm looking forward to looking forward to putting on some shorts in a couple of in the next month. I mean, it's already getting kind of hot here in North Carolina, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, and I know it's not easy for everyone. It's not. Um, so I don't want to take away from any of our brothers and sisters that are not there yet. You know, I understand. You do it when you, when or if you're ready. You know. Um, I have a family member that has been a LIGO and she mm-hmm. she she hasn't worn shorts since um she was young. I've never seen her wear shorts. And that's my mother, you know. And I had no clue she had vitiligo until she told me back in twenty nineteen. I'm like Hold on, hold on, hold on, no, hold on. No, twenty twenty. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, slow <laughs> this story down. You, your mother has yep. vitiligo? Yep, my mother has been oh, a libel. I didn't know. So you didn't know it? Never seen her wear shorts. What, what in the world pants. is happening? So you had been like all them years and she's never said nothing to you? Never shared anything. Never said anything about it until World Vitiligo Day 2020. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Mark. Hold on, Mark. Hold on, Mark. Yep. How many years did you have vitiligo before she said anything? Uh, when I was 25, about 25, 26. So good, you know. 23, 23 years or so. That's a whole yeah, nother conversation. Long. We're going to leave that. We're going to leave that right there. <laughs> yeah. But we talked, we sat and talked cause she came out with a purple shirt on. She said, you know, I'm wearing this to world vitiligo day. Cause she heard me talking about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna wear my purple. We're all excited. And we sat at the table and we had a conversation and she's like, you know, I don't know if you ever noticed, I never wear shorts. I said, yeah, you always, you know, but to me it didn't dawn on me. So, yeah, she always wore, you know, pants or a long dress or something like that. Or, you know, she had on stockings, you know, that would cover it. And um, she said, well, I'm going to show you something. And rolled up her pants leg and showed me her bit of life. I'm like, wow. She said, yeah. And she told me the story, you know, like it hit her in high school. And so she stopped wearing shorts in high school and never haven't worn them since. And I'm like. Wow, boy! Okay. I would have, you know, I would have so many emotions. I'd be like, so you mean to tell me that you've kept this a secret and you saw me struggling and you didn't, you never came to me and was like, hey, that, I understand. But that's the thing; she never saw me struggle. I never showed it, and and that's why I say with men we hide things a lot. I <clears> never <throat> show <throat> that side. Um, mm-hmm. Not to my, not to my. Parents, you know, they they never saw my struggles. I never really talked about it until 2019. That's when I really started talking mm-hmm. about my challenges. But I can't say this. She did encourage me to uh, get the cream and use the cream, which did not work for me. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, it was an expense that did not work, and, um, and I stopped, you know. 
Um, now, but, but, you know, and that's one of those things with, with families. Sometimes you don't know what runs in your family until you really sit down and have that conversation. And, um, and I did have a conversation with my, my ex-wife. She called me one day and she said, well, I have a question. I was like, yeah, what's, what's the question? She was like, would the kids ever get vitiligo? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a, you know, geneticist. I said, they possibly can. I said, they can possibly get vitiligo later in years. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. I still love them, you know, and you should still love them the same too, you know. So, and I talked to my son about it, you know. He he didn't know much. My son is 18. He didn't know much about vitiligo. Uh, We really had a heart-to-heart conversation about it and my struggles with it. And he said the same thing. Well, I, I never knew. I said, no, I couldn't show that side of the struggle to you. You know, um, I couldn't show the depression or looking in the mirror and, and hating what I saw, you know. And, and I think a lot of us go through that. And that's where we have to be honest with others and honest with ourselves. Um, quick question. Uh, we're not going to take a break because of what I did. I, everything I needed to say in the break, I did in the beginning. So we're just okay. going to keep going with our conversation. Um did you do any treatments? I did. Um, I did the steroid cream, and I think you can only do the steroid cream for a certain amount of time, and then it becomes, like, harmful or something. So I don't remember what that time frame was, but I did the steroid right. cream. And I also did the um, uh, ultra-band light therapy. Was it not ultra-band? Oh, okay. I'm saying it wrong. Um, what is it called? It's called... Uh, UV. Yeah, the UV the treatment. UV? I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm fumbling on the on the um, the actual definition of it, but anyway, but it's where you okay. go and you stand in the. It's equivalent to a, a suntan thing, only right. it's not laying down. It's it's an upright machine, and you walk inside and close the door. And right. I did that for I think I did that for about six months, and you do okay. it about twice a week, and you're only you're only in there for up to thirty seconds or so. So okay. what was um, your working, experience with working it? night? Go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say, what I was mean, your experience it, with it? It seemed to me that it um, it had minimal effects. I think it, it, okay. it didn't it didn't allow the um, vitiligo to spread as rapidly, but it didn't right. necessarily reverse it. And it was expensive, okay. and it was you know it was out of the way. So I, you know, after six months, I just said, "Hey, I'm just gonna take my hands off the wheel and let Jesus take the wheel." Right. And uh, absolutely, whatever, whatever, whatever is gonna happen, I'm, I'm gonna stop trying to be in control of it and just let it take. Right. You know, go on this process and see where it goes. So. Okay. Wow. I did awesome. those two awesome. <clears throat> and, and that works with some of us. You know, we have to take our hands off the wheel. But like, you know what? If I drive the car, I'm going to crash. You drive it, Jesus. You know, you got this. And and that's exactly. God is where he needs us to be. You know, um, before we get to the relationship stuff between you and your current wife, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about your groups. You, okay. you created two groups. Uh, can you tell us the details on that and, and how they became to be, how they came to be? Absolutely. I believe it was 2018. Um, I came, I was looking for brotherhood on the, on the the internet for vitiligo because I felt like I needed to connect to a male person. um, Right. For, I don't know why. I just felt like a, a, 
a male would be more beneficial to me. So I was just kind of, you know, looking around, and I came across Perry Whaley, a vitiligo man of action. Mm-hmm. And we right. linked up and connected, and he just was a huge inspiration. He brought all this. Uh, anybody who knows Perry knows how he's like a ball of energy. So he brought this energy, and he gave me hope. And he right. was like, you know, you, you need to get up and, and stop um, being all depressed and, and acting like this, you know. uh there's work for you to do, and 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 so basically he kind of recharged my battery, and he was like, "Well, if there's not a, a vitiligo group, you you can start one." So I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." And um, he was trying to get me to to go on the news and the radio and all this other stuff, and um, I told him I'd do whatever he told me to do. Just you know, give me the direction. So the first step, Tennessee Vitiligo Awareness Network, and it was a closed group for Tennessee. So every time I saw someone, I would ask them to join the group, and it was kind of hard because this area, I don't think, with the exception of maybe two people that I met, weren't connected to the greater vitiligo group. So these concepts were new around here. People were like, "Uh, I don't want to be a part of that. That sounds weak. That sounds corny or whatever. And I kept doing it. I kept, you know, I got business cards. I was handing out business cards. Every time I saw somebody with vitiligo, I'd say, hey, I'm starting a vitiligo group, um, you know, a support group for people in Tennessee with vitiligo. So I got about 20, 30 people to join. And um, it was going all right. It was going okay. And then once they got connected to the greater vitiligo community, it really started to, you know, the wheels started turning. They were like, oh, this is this is a whole thing. Like there's conferences right. and people, people really uh, are – connected on here like people know each other like this is not just some random Facebook group so you know the wheels started turning and then I went to um, other trying to get my trying to get my group going I started attending excuse me hold on one second I understand Uh, my allergies are acting up and everything else I I get it just take your time brother I apologize for that no, so I started attending just, uh, other. I started attending you other, you know, groups and things around town, um, albinism walks and and things of that nature, and mm-hmm. getting connected to the community. So after World Vitiligo Day, I discovered um, I'm thinking too small. Like you know, my Tennessee group, you know, I think we had one event. We had a boat ride. We had like um, 25 people to come on uh, a boat ride, and we had a, a day in the park where we, you know, we did events. But other than that, my group really, they weren't too active. So I wanted to just open it up right. to everybody. And so I opened it up to, um, I changed the name from the Tennessee Vitiligo Awareness Network to the the Vitiligo and Albinism Awareness Network. And I just opened it up. It wasn't a closed group anymore. So anyone who is struggling with anything skin-related is welcome right. to come and share and, and add to what we're doing. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now you attended um, the convention in 2019. Now I'm going to say this. I haven't been to a convention yet. I was going to go cause I just, in 2019 is when I started um, getting involved with Vit friends and the local North Carolina group. Um, mm-hmm. So I missed that convention in 2019, 2020 was canceled. We don't know what's happening in 2021, probably canceled. 
So I still haven't been to a convention yet. However, I'm connected to people. Please share with us your experience of the 2019 convention. Sure. So um, I had heard all the wonderful stories. You know, you're like you're going to be connected to the family, the family you never knew. And um, I've seen all these wonderful relationships spawn from World Vitiligo Day conferences. So I was super excited. I just knew this was going to be, you know, like that next step I was looking for with my vitiligo. And when I got there, it was a a, a grand, beautiful um, hotel. It was it, the venue was was top notch, Sugarland, awesome. um, Texas, in Houston, right? So I'm looking around, seeing all these people that I've seen online, and no one's really, you know, I think with the exception of Erica White, no one really approached me. It was kind of like, hey, how you doing? Keep it moving type of situation. So, and I also noticed that there were other people like me who kind of were just kind of like, you're at the party, but you're standing against the wall. And you're not really in the party, you're you're at the party. So I had to turn that switch on and just start going up to people and introducing myself. And then once I did that, it was a it was a completely different experience, but I noticed that people who did not um, engage and who were waiting on the welcome wagon they kind right. of let left early or had a horrible time. So I think it's important to say this: if if you are attending one of these functions, um, you you you're not serving yourself well if you're going to wait for the welcome wagon. Just be prepared to engage and to reach out to people. And your experience will be different, but the experience was was great. Um, good, I good. enjoyed it very much. I, I made a lot of good connections. Um, it was wonderful. Well, I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen next time we have a convention, which probably will be 2020. Um, I've already told Valerie we're gonna do the podcast. Mean? I mean, 2022. There we go. I already told Valerie that we're gonna do the convention, um, do the convention, do the podcast on the convention floor. So if you're standing around chilling, I might come up to you and be like, hey, introduce yourself, where are you from? You know, I, I think it would be a great experience to put it out there, what it's like to be at our convention and see all the beautiful people. And we'll put it on Facebook Live and, you know, how we're going to do it. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to meeting people. You know, I I, I feel like this year, I've, uh, 2020, um, I had an opportunity to meet a lot of people virtually. Like I've never met Valerie in mm-hmm. person, never met Patricia in person, never met you yeah, know Alicia yeah. or you know no one. You in and person. Valerie, I didn't like know y'all known each other for twenty years. <laughs> no, just just virtually, and the only people I know are the people here in North Carolina. And I know Terrell because we went mm-hmm. to uh, he went to a neighboring high school and we went to college together. But as far as anybody outside of North Carolina, I, I don't know anybody, and and even within our North Carolina family. We were scheduled to do big events, and everything got canceled because of the pandemic. So I know everybody virtually. And um, and that's why we're trying to put on, like, these different Zoom events so people can get to know each other because we're still kind of stuck at home to a certain extent with the pandemic. So virtually we can do things where we can see each other. We may not have met each other personally, you know, in person, but we can still see each other. And that, I think that's a great way of using our technology. And after we come out of the pandemic, we're going to continue to use it that way because I still 
want us to connect with people, and we're connecting globally. So that's a very, very, very important step. Now, I want to switch gears real quick before we run out of time. We've still got about a good 15 minutes. Okay. Let's talk about okay. love, your relationship. Yeah, let, let's get back to that. You, where do you want to start? <clears throat> All right, let's start with you said you were were struggling and you met your oh, wife. Okay. Let's you start, start there. there. How did she? No problem. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> dating with vitiligo. Okay, um, you you know how it goes. It's it's, yeah. it's a struggle because you um, yeah. If the person uh, it takes a, it takes a special person basically. It takes right. a, a special person who who basically will see you beyond your vitiligo, right? Right. Because most people uh, they're going to see the vitiligo and they're going to stop right there. So. Right. We met online. We met online, um, and um, it just so happened that she lived very close to me, and um, okay. she's terif- she's terrified of spiders. And there was literally the biggest spider I've ever seen in my entire life was hovering above her car, and she asked me if I would come and remove it one day, and and that was the first okay. time we met, and I removed it, and um, and we started dating. And shortly after we, you know, we started, there was, an, there was a connection, right? But it seemed right. like every time we had a connection, it'd get cold and hot and cold and hot. And one day we were on the phone, and I was like, I don't know what it is, but you're, it seems like you're hot and cold. Like, I can't put my finger on it. But, like, when we're together, everything is cool, and then, it like, we're talking, and it's dry. Like, I don't get it. Right. And she was like, well, I'm kind of struggling with dating you because I don't know if I can handle it. She said, it's not you that bothers me. It's the the looks and the stares and stuff like the that. Other she's people. Like, it makes she was like, it makes me angry. And I don't and I honestly don't know if I can handle it. And I said, you know, that's fair and I'm glad you told me. And I was right. like, I respect it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna hold that against you. But I told her, I said, um, this is who I am and I can't change it. So I'm just going to step back. I'm not going to, I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to step back. And um, when you decide if you can handle it or not, let me know, you know, no hard feelings, no, no pressure, no nothing. You know, I'm going to let you figure that out, but I'm not going to keep pouring my energy into this with you being on the fence. Right. She was like, no, 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 I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. I, I really don't. I I really like you, and, um, you know, it's just something that I'm going to um, work through. So right. we, we actually didn't separate, and we've been together ever since. And I knew that she was the one when um, I did dabble in makeup. When we were dating, I kind of um, – mm-hmm. there was a Dura, Dura blend or something like that. Right. It's been so. It's been many years. I don't remember the name of it, but it was made for people with vitiligo. And I right. even like sent them pictures and stuff, and they had to match my skin tone and stuff like that. She looked at me and she was like, "If you're doing that for me, um, you don't have to do it for me. Do it for you, but don't do it for me. Right. Because I like the way you look without it. Mm-hmm. And um, my eyelashes had turned pure white. Like the eyelashes above my eyes on both sides mm-hmm. were pure white." And I felt like a freak. I felt like something right. from X Men. I, I mean, and even with makeup, I couldn't hide that. 
So here I am, yeah. dark skinned dude with spots on my face and white eyelashes. I felt like a freak. And she said, I love your eyelashes. They're white and they, you know, they're so long and thick. And when she said that, I said, oh, <laughs> she can love me in my lowest point. Like, this has got to right. be the one. So right. I knew right then that I was going to um, hold on to her. And it was right. the best decision of my life because she's, you know, she's been my support system. And I've Good. never had to wonder if I'll find love. I've never had to wonder if I'll, you know, be, you know, she was always there. So I just thank right. God for that because who knows how long it would take me to get where I am now without that. Absolutely. You know, and that's one thing I always, um, uh, part of why I wanted to name the podcast Living Life in Love because, you know, we live our lives, yes, with vitiligo and the journey, but love is is very important as people, you know, and I always say to our listeners, um, those with and without vitiligo, there's always someone out there who's going to love you exactly the way you need to be loved or you want to be loved. But first, you got to love yourself, you know, because um, when the people, when someone, and I had to learn that the hard way, when somebody sees how you're loving yourself, that makes you easy to love, you know, because they, they want to know, regardless of what you look like, regardless of how many spots and all that, somebody who genuine, genuinely loves you, they're going to look at your heart, they're going to look at your mind, they're going to look at what you do, how you interact with people, you know, the impact you're making, all that stuff, you know, and even for my own personal story, I mean, I, I was in a relationship and, you know, I was struggling with my vitiligo and she pretty much cut everything off. She said she wanted a, a, a dude that um, had high self-esteem and not, and doesn't have low, low, you know, low self, what'd she say? Not insecure and has high self-esteem. And I was like, wow. And pretty much ended it like that. And I had to think, you know, well, it, that's what's really going on with myself, you know, my self-esteem is low, and my, I'm insecure about my, my skin and all that. But I I could have taken it one of two ways. I could have let that stop me from moving forward in my life and pursuit of relationships and stuff like that. But I said, nah, she's right. And I thought, I said, you're absolutely right. I'm going to work on myself, not for her, but for me. I had to do it for me. And that's what I said, 2019 was my turning point. But I say, you know what? I'm gonna wear these shorts, and I'm gonna wear them out there. I'm gonna wear my sandals and show off my vitiligo feet and all this stuff, and you know, <laughs> vitiligo on the back of my legs, on top of my legs. And I'm gonna go to the beach and take off my shirt and 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 you know, show off my vitiligo. And I didn't even care, you know. And I'm like, man, this is freeing. So I think when people see that you're free, you you are making those movements where you love yourself, they're gonna love you too because there's something about the energy you put out. And when people yeah. can gravitate to their energy, that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm about, I'm all about that's the energy, it. you know. Yeah, and and that's the biggest challenge I think for a lot of us um, is that what we see in the mirror is not it's not who we are. It's what we look like, but it's not who you are as a person, you know. And loving yourself means, hey, take care of yourself. You know, sometimes the first compliment you're going to get in that day is what how you compliment yourself you look in the mirror and say you know what i'm beautiful i'm handsome you know i'm this or that mm-hmm. that might be the only compliment you get but that is the first one you should always get that in that morning compliment yourself that doesn't mean it's vanity doesn't mean that you're narcissistic that means you love who you are and it's okay to look at yourself and be like you know what i love you <laughs> you know um 
And I think we need to practice that more. You know, not that's something I had to learn for myself. You know, I said, nobody's going to love me the way I love me. And I'm always going to be my greatest love story, you know. So, yeah, just just with our community out there, love does exist. Don't knock yourself down because you don't have it right now. It's out there, you know. But just continue to love there's you. Some, there's someone for everyone. And and this may not be a good uh, example, but I use it all the time because I hear a lot of people saying, you know, not just Vitiligo, but people in general, they say, well, I can't find – somebody or there's nobody for me or I, all I have is bad luck and all these things. Mm-hmm. But I say um, there's somebody who wants to love you. Now you may not want to love them back but right. if I looked in your DMs right now, you'd have about right. you know, three, three or four right. people who, who would love to rub your feet right now but you, you don't want to give them the time of day. I mean even, and, and like here's the example I said, even homeless dudes have a girlfriend. So sure if do. you cannot have a home, if you cannot have a home, a pot to piss in, and you can still pull a, a chick, I know right. if you work every day and got a car and got a nice home, there's somebody who's going to love you. You know what I'm mean? saying? So, you know what? Absolutely. And, and I've seen that many times with our homeless. We're like, dang, they're together and they love each other. They don't care. They have nothing, no, no actual physical, you know, material possessions, but they have each other. And they love each other, mm-hmm. and they help each other, you know. Hard. And they may be struggling in life, but they're going hard for each other. And But, yeah, we hard. sit in here and have all this stuff, and we go, don't nobody want me. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> That's, not um, That's not true. Yeah, it's not true at all, <clears throat> you know. Um, but here's the thing, though. We have to remember, um, words are alive, and what we speak sometimes is what you're going to get. If you're constantly mm-hmm. saying nobody's going to love you, guess what? You're speaking that into existence. You're speaking that on yourself. So we got to be careful in the words that we speak. I think we watch Absolutely. what we say to others, but we got to watch what we say about ourselves. You what know? we say to ourselves. So that's, sing- that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So my single brothers and sisters out there, say to yourself, you know, I'm lovable. So when it's time for me to find that special person, or me- don't say find, to meet that special person, you don't know, you know, it, it, and it happens when you least expect it. You might be, I don't know, sitting in a restaurant. Don't, don't sit in a restaurant because right now we've got the pandemic. But let's say you're going to get some food in the drive through Who knows? It could happen anywhere. You just happen to walk somewhere, walk across the street, go on to work or whatever. And that, that energy, that eye contact, because you can't see the face, so you got the eye contact, you know, it happens, you know. Relationships happen, love happens. You just have to be open to it and ready for it when it's your turn, when it's your time. You know. So be open been, to it. We're and getting be close. receptive and be receptive to it. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say we're getting close to ending time. I'm gonna let you take the next few minutes to wrap things up, um, give us some words of encouragement, some positive words, and then I'll close this out. Okay, um, like I said, uh, my journey has never stopped um, in a, as a growth process. Like we we talked about the depression from the beginning. I'm I'm far from there. Um, I'm somewhere in between um, living comfortably and being fully confident. Being fully confident is my end goal. And right, um, right now, the research that I'm doing, 
I'm finding that there's an inner there's a shift that happens when you fully love and accept yourself. Nothing on the outside matters, and then you reach that that full confidence, that that super confidence actually, and you are more you're stronger than you were before vitiligo. You become a super person. And that's my end goal, and, and, and I'm actually writing about that because that process, I'd love to reach that goal and then share it with the world how I reached it. So I would just tell the world that vitiligo is, is more mental than anything. Um, right. It's going to expose every insecurity you, you didn't know you had, and the right. process of healing is mental, not physical. And Absolutely. Those are my words. That sounds great. Absolutely. And to our listeners, if you want to know more about vitiligo, please visit vidfriends.org. There's plenty of information about vitiligo, but look at the great things we're doing as an organization. And, and, you know, and if you're on Facebook, check out our Facebook pages and, and just to see what we're doing and see all the beautiful people out there. And just remember that you are beautiful also. Just remember that, um, if you can tell somebody that, just just drop them a message, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be where you're trying to hook up with somebody. Just tell somebody they're beautiful. You know, encourage somebody today. But, Ben, I appreciate you coming on board. You know, I appreciate the conversation, and we're definitely going to stay in touch. Um, join us sometime for our, our Zoom events, too, because they're fun. Um, like I said, we get out there, we laugh, we cut up. You know, um, it only takes about – we usually take about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes or so just to really – talking is also on facebook live at the same time but um but okay. we'll definitely um stay in contact and um I, like i said i greatly appreciate it oh for our listeners real quick and if you too ben this can be heard um again on iHeartRadio and spotify you can always come back to blog talk radio to listen to this podcast but it is on iHeartRadio and spotify just search for vit friends it's there all of our podcasts that myself and valerie have done they're there and, and, Ben, you can share this out. Once it's ready, I'll send it to you. Or I'll put it on your um, Facebook page, and we'll send it out from there. Okay. Shout-out so. to Vit Friends. Shout-out to you, Mark. Shout-out to all of the Vitiligo groups across the country. I love y'all. I love what y'all are doing. Thank y'all. Yes, thank you. Have a blessed day, everyone. Take care. See you. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.